Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Corn Nation. A legacy member of the Jittery Monkey podcast family with merchandise available at jitterymonkey.com. And of course, proud, proud uh, affiliate, proud member of the SB Nation podcast network. My name is Greg Bahotchko, and truly and honestly tickled to death to be joined by the two legs of the tripod. To my right, Hoss Reuter. To my left, John Dam Johnston. Gentlemen, and Haas, we'll start with you because I know there's always an awkward pause and then you both start talking at the same time. How are we doing, <laughs> Haas? I'm doing good, minus this heat, you know, extreme heat here in Nebraska. The hour draws ever nearer to August 31st. We're getting there. And Big Ten Media Days this week is uh, has been a, a very The biggest welcome. tease of the college football season. <laughs> exactly. John, how are you, sir? Oh my God! The same with me. It's it's as if football could be in sight. I'm not worried about August 31st though. For me, it's the when fall practice starts. That at least we start getting news. You know what I mean? Other than guys being doing something with marijuana, we start getting news that it like stuff. Well, we get, people we, are I don't know practicing and we doing. Get, we got news today about well, how many linemen was it like? Five or six linemen squatting over 800 pounds for a couple of reps each. Is that good? Oh, that's very good. I mean, you got to think, if they're doing two reps at 800 pounds, their one rep max is probably in the neighborhood of 900 pounds. And if so these are guys, these are guys, just so we're clear, as a practical joke, they could pick up, like, I don't know, a Volkswagen and throw so, it in the – is there – I remember hearing a story about Brendan Stye back in 94 would get done doing heavy squats in the old North Stadium weight room, walk out to his car, and it was like this shitty old Toyota pickup truck. You know, I'm sure you guys know the kind of truck, and when I say shitty, it's just most of them look that way, you know, not singling out Brendan Stye's truck. And he walked to the side of it and picked it up two wheels off the ground and sat it back down a couple of times. Well, speaking of to impress the ladies, hey, my hooker crook, get it done. But but speaking of just functional weight, did you all see the the quick little video of uh, the twenty twenty recruit, uh, the polar bear? Uh, uh huh. German suplexing a Texas heavyweight state champion wrestler. Yes. And my goodness, uh, that just made me so happy. Uh, go just out of your imagine room. what he's going to do to Big Ten centers. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not. I think suplexing is illegal. Well, functional strength. My, I will never. My favorite suplex in all of football happened. Oh, at least a dozen years ago, uh, when James Harrison uh, picked up, and this was in Cincinnati. Picked up Chad Oco, Ocho, no, yeah, Chad Johnson. I don't think he was Ocho Cinco at the time, and uh, and just 
belly-to-back suplex for the tackle. This was before, you know, the NFL took took the fun away. Uh, but my goodness, it's just unbelievable how strong. Th- I mean, th- again, this is not. I mean, he, that's a heavyweight. That's not only that, but that's a Texas heavyweight champion, and he just picked him up. And the, you look, there was there was the video, the eight or nine second video of the suplex, and a, a tweet below that had pictures. And this kid is in mid air, and he's got the look of like. Uh, I don't know, uh, just dumbed down Sheer acceptance. Pain. He's like, well, this is happening. <laughs> I just hope I don't die. <laughs> and then you look at the you end. My... Go ahead. As I say, you look at the end of the video and how he landed, and you're like, oh, how did he not die? <laughs> you know what my least favorite suplex in all of football was? Ooh, when Chris it? Borland suplexed Taylor Martinez in the Big Ten Championship game, belly-to-back suplexed him, and not a damn one of our – other offensive players got in his face for it. They sat there and took it. Yeah, you shouldn't get away with yeah, that. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. That is bad. Then a month later in the Capital One Bowl, Taylor Martinez gets his clock cleaned by either Alec Ogletree or Bakari Rambo, and nobody does anything. You know, no one has Taylor's back. That shit right there pisses me off. Wait, was that... They send one of yours to the hospital, you send six of theirs to the morgue. You know, that is true. That is true. People don't understand that, but as an offensive lineman, if your quarterback gets cheap-shotted and done shit to him, on the next play, you go take that guy's knees right out of his body. So let me. Which is precisely why... People get like upset, like don't say that kind of shit. But if football. there's an understanding when you're playing football that you don't cheap shot people, you don't injure them on purpose. And if that happens to your quarterback, your offensive lineman's responsibility is to murder the fucker that did that. Which is so precisely I know why they, I want to see Bo Wilson pull on a little G lead play and find Jacob Collier out there on the edge and just pancake him into about the 17th row of Folsom Field. Oh, who's that guy? That was the, Who I is think this man you're talking about? Uh, that's the uh, the knee twister of, from Adrian Martinez from, from last year? Perhaps he did something wrong? <laughs> it was a dirty-ass play. It was a horrible, cheap-shot shit crap. So let me, let me ask yeah, you. It's these moments you wish you had Andy Janovich. Still on the roster. Hell, maybe we'll put in Damian Jackson as a H-back just for one play. I, I do have a question. Going back to what you said about that uh, the Big Ten championship and, and what happened you know, to Taylor Martinez, is, was it something about maybe trepidation? Or, I mean, certainly at the time you have a head coach in, in Bo Pelini who's aggressive and, you know, not afraid to show emotion. Why do you think that at that moment, those players, that offensive line chose to like, not, I don't know if retreat is the right word, but they, they didn't stand up and, and fight for their QB. Was it the QB? Was it the culture? And not by, I don't mean like the Nebraska culture, think- but, but the way that, the way that, you know, the retaliatory, you know, like it's always, it's not, it's never the first hit that, that they see it's always the second one. Maybe the fear of being, you know, uh, sitting, uh, you know, hurting the team oh, in, in take, some way. 
you take the 15-yard penalty in that instance. I mean, come on. I mean, less I don't know. You're, you're asking drive, us to speculate. Against Wisconsin. Against Wisconsin, when that happened, we were already down 40. So guys had kind of tucked their tail in between their legs. And then I just think Taylor Martinez wasn't very well liked. And that's a well, shame. Kenny, Kenny Bell obviously didn't give up in that game. Oh, I don't want to talk about that play. If I can go the rest of my life without seeing that on a highlight reel, I'd be fine. It came in a game that we were down by 40. Okay. Uh, we were supposed to – we had actually an agenda. Oh, yes. First order of business. <laughs> we were going to talk about Big Ten media days, weren't we, We Greg? were. Yes, sir. Did you write this down? I, I didn't necessarily write anything down, but I definitely uh, sent you guys notes. So, in a way, I, I, I guess I did write things down. Well, Big Ten, the first day of the first period of Big Ten media days today, what did you guys get anything on it? Did you watch? Did you pay attention? I listened to it on the radio when I was at work. I was uh, in the truck and working, and I was unable to. I, I was seeing basically what was shared in the Slack chat room, and, and then when I saw a few things uh, that I you know piqued my interest, I. Uh, shot over to Twitter and, and voiced a few things from the official Five Heart podcast Twitter handle, which you should follow because we don't have many followers. We know you're out there, but is the number five, then Heart Podcast. Five is the only thing that's not spelled out. It's the number five, and then Heart Podcast is all spelled out uh, all together. No spaces, no underscores, no hyphens or anything like that. Um, one of the things – look – a lot of it was your standard coach speech, was it not? Uh, you know, yes, we're, we're, it was. Boy, it was. We, we, you know, we've been in the weight room, and we're a little bigger, we're a little faster, we're a little blah, blah, blah. However, then you got this one guy up north, and oh, my goodness. Oh. Okay, uh, by the way, I just want to mention about P.J. Fleck real quick. Did you guys uh, see that BTN Instagram thing where P.J. Fleck said that a hot dog was a sandwich? No. That pisses me off. It's not a sandwich. Oh, my God. Why does this make people so angry? Because it's semantically it's a sandwich, but it's not a okay, sandwich. Okay, listen. Listen. People shouldn't be two eating co- fucking two of the coaches The hot dogs is not a food in the first place. Yes, it is. The two coaches no, it isn't. Said, the two coaches who said it wasn't a sandwich were none other, were none other than Scott Frost and Jeff Brown. And we is know this you on have, Instagram? Yeah, it's on, it's on Insta. Don't you have like an Instagram account, you know? I do, but I don't look at it because I don't. You're a photographer. You should have like 10,000 pictures on there. Okay, fine. I'm old. And you know what? The problem with Instagram and it's all on your phone. And and then it's it's little tiny things and you got to use your thumbs. You have two of them. I'm old. I'm just falling back on old. I'm old man. Old man yells at cloud. Yes, exactly. I I wish somebody we have a gob of followers on our Instagram account, but I shouldn't be running it. You know why? Because because there's not enough screeching on there. I'm kind of a jerk. We should have a whatever. Anyway, PJ Fleck. I love PJ Fleck. I want to say that. Yes, I do. So the Reddit college football or Reddit uh, CFB quoted Fleck is saying on Twitter. By the way. I'm getting many, much of this from our day one recap uh, at coronation.com. Uh, however, some of them, again, ended up in the Slack room, and those were the ones I had to uh, uh, 
take a few issues with on Twitter. But uh, Flex says about his young team last year, quote, I think they failed enough to be successful, quote, in the last half of the season. I don't know what that means. And I'll tell you, I, I understand this next one even less when Flex says that Minnesota is a life program, not a football program. So P.J. Fleck is a life coach. Like he's an Amway salesman. He, he's a life coach, not a football coach. Oh, come on, you guys. No, 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 no. Number one, number everything, one. Everything about that program is about him. It's not about the players. It's all about him. He always says, I and me. And, you know, his running from one end of the field down to the other at the start of a new quarter, like the row the boat crap, putting oars on the helmets, putting row the boat on the back of the jerseys or whatever it was. It's all about him, and that's why I get irritated with the guy. He's a good football coach, but it's all about him. So basically what you're saying is you don't like his personality. No, I don't. And the most Nebraskans don't. In college don't. coaching, most a lot of don't. guys like his personality. Huh. I want to say I love P.J. Fleck. You know why? Because he wears his heart on his sleeve, man. Outs? No, it's because I list look at Big Ten Media Days. I mean, literally, oh, if PJ Fleck wasn't there, what would you report about other than Scott Frost and he's ours? Seriously, I mean, there's, I, I mean, Scott Mark D'Antonio, Mark Don D'Antonio is going to stand up and what be angry? Oh no! Here's the thing: I don't dislike PJ Fleck for that very reason. He's giving us Guys, something to talk about. This is an anti-PJ Fleck podcast. It is? Yes. Well, I, I'm we a contrarian, so I'm taking it aside. We established this back in 2017 after Greg and I had our saddest five-part podcast ever after Minnesota scored half a hundred on us. Well, remember I have a shitty memory, so I forgot that game. You weren't in on that podcast. You you didn't join for like another ten months. Yeah, yeah but this- you know where I was in that game? You were in the stadium shooting the game. I was on the field shooting the game, you shit ass. Yeah, I was drinking. It was terrifying. It was it was terrifying on the field. It was horrible. That was our first foray into um, you know recording right after or or night of the game. We didn't we we'd never done it before, and because of that, Haas is like we shouldn't do this anymore. John, if you ever go back and listen to it, it was so fucking sad. We sounded like our dogs just got hit by a car. Well, it should have been sad because that was the end of Mike Riley. And in a way that, you know, it was a way to say this is the end of this era and go on to the next one. But, yeah, I I mean, I was on the field for that game. And I, I listen, I stood next to athletic department employees that I know and I literally turned to one of them, and he he on I, I he was trying to dig a grave into the ground. I don't know what he was doing. He had his head down. He was, I would swear to God, if you gave him the shovel like the army uses, he would have tried to dig a foxhole. It was it was terrible. It was horrifying. But listen, I like PJ Fleck. I like his energy. I like the fact that he's the anti Scott Frost. And I like the fact that he's not my coach, mostly. <laughs> okay. Because if okay, he was my fucking coach, if he was my fucking coach, I'd, I'd be like, oh, God, what, 
I, I, I don't know. I'd be a Coke addict or something, but, uh, I, I, I like the fact that he's in the conference. He gives us all something to complain about. I think his quotes are great because they're so goofy because there's not another, there's really not there. I mean, what are you going to big 10 media days? Who's the goofy doofus guy? I mean, remember, listen, here's what it big 10 media days is. Big 10 media days is where we stand up and we say things like everybody got stronger and faster this year and nobody wants to take a day off. And uh, all of us, they have great motors. I mean, these are the things we say, right? You can't, you really go out to media days and you say the things that your fans want to hear. Okay. Oh, I don't Can disagree. Part of me wonders why we even still have media days. Well, the, here's the here's the, the media and technology that we're in. Here's the thing about media days. Can you do well at media days? Yeah, you can. Can you really screw up? Yes, very much so. Who was it? Who was the Illinois coach that got fired for uh, basically abuse? Was it Tim Beckman? Beck- he that guy should never been a ever stood up in front of anybody. You remember him at media days? That's how you screw up media days. Okay, you look like a, I don't know, a a frog that's been hit by headlights while trying to coach football. I don't know. You know what I mean? He was terrible. He should have never been a head coach. But that's what media days is about. It's about... You know, and let's face it, Media Days is not for the fans. What Media Days is for is for the the media to all get together and network with the coaches and all gather in one place so they can save their money. There you go. I'll I'll shut up for Drink a few. Drink on the company dime. Yeah, exactly. I hope. In the greatest you know, city in the world. There's no company dime for most of these people anymore, so yeah, newspapers a di- print media is a dime business. It is. Yeah. Okay, you guys can. Are, I'll shut up. You guys interject. No, I, I, I was. Greg, what do you got? I, I was dis, uh, just wanted to talk about uh, PJ Fleck just for that very reason. Uh, oh. we're, we're being interrupted. A uh, little peek behind the curtain. Little guy hasn't gone to bed yet. <laughs> so, uh, and that's all right because he doesn't have to get up. I don't have to get up in the morning. Uh, no, but I, I like uh, PJ Fleck's appearance just because uh, he's. I'm talking. Can you can you go watch cartoons? Okay, I'm trying to talk. Go watch cartoons. You're interrupting my train of thought. <laughs> Do you want to say hi? Man, he's giving you the business, Greg. You want to say hi? No. You want to say go big red? Hey, that was almost a go big red. All right, all right. Go go watch cartoons. Close. Go watch cartoons. We'll we'll get him trained up. Uh, no, he I, sounds cute. He, he sounds much cuter than you. He, he's he's much cuter than I deserve. I'll tell you that much. Um, now he's going to climb in my lap. No, I but I like PJ Fleck just because he gave us something to talk about. He he allowed me to his, his inane bowl. Uh, now I got to censor myself because of the kid. You guys don't. I'm wearing headphones. Um, but but <laughs> the stupid crap that he was saying uh, just you know again it gave me the opportunity to point out some of the stupidity like you, you can't just say uh you know we're not a football program we're a life program it, and i made the comment on twitter i said well that's not going to end well for minnesota for the fans for the program because there's only one way out of life 
and only one person's undefeated. So, oh wow, you were too, that's too deep. I know. Thank you. So that that's all. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't have a ton on on Big Time Eighty Days or PJ PJ Fleck. I just had to uh, point out that his in <laughs> thanks his insane. <laughs> Did he bring you a beer? No, I wish. He's not that well, trained up yet. What the hell? Uh, How old is that kid? Three and a half. You know, is he pooping? I'll tell you what. He earned, he earned a poop toy tonight. All right. Good for him. And I got to clean it up. It's great. Real, real. Well, that's, that's how it goes. You know what? <laughs> I, I, have, I have my three children living at home. And so. none of them are potty trained. Uh, well, they're... <laughs> they're all feral. They are fair. Okay, so what else? Big Ten Media Days. Uh, Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. There's a team that will come out of nowhere. We plan on that being us, Illinois. They're replacing a quarterback with the myriad of transfers. They lost their best defender in Roundtree. They still have Reggie Corbin. Their defense was a sieve. I just don't see it. Yeah, you think? I mean, and like I have a high degree of respect for Lovey Smith, and I think Illinois could be a sleeping giant in college football. Not under Lovey Smith, though, you know, under the right coach and right leadership. But I mean, what's he heading into? Is this his fourth year? It and is. Like, his fourth they, year. and they said on Sharp and Benning this morning to when they were talking to the Illinois guys, nine wins in four years. Yeah. Let that try that one on for size. I mean, like, they're you know, with AJ Bush at quarterback, they were explosive as hell last year, and I liked the scheme that they were running. And but I mean, it's not like Dwayne Smoot and Carol Phillips are playing DN for Lovey Smith anymore, and Hardy Nickerson Jr. is gone. So I don't know. Um, I think they could maybe get to a bowl, you know, cobble together six wins and a few things to break right, but. I don't exactly see them, you know, surging out of the gate to they're, challenge for the best. They're not going to charge out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, they might, they might charge out of Champagne straight into the Illinois or Kankakee River. Okay, Ryan Day, did you see him? No, what did he have to say? He's uh, pretty much the Big Ten's robot coach. Thank you for coming. No, I mean he we, he basically we, we just strong this off he talked about he talked about his players and you know what about uh, the but, did he talk about the wake of destruction that Urban Meyer left behind? Oh God, no! What do you? Did you hear what Jim Harbaugh said in a radio interview? Yeah, apparently he left controversy behind him. I mean, is yeah. that really? That's kind of like a statement. Uh, I mean, he's that. not saying anything. He's not saying anything that's incorrect. Right. It's just pretty ballsy and brazen for a sitting head coach to say that about, you know, somebody who is probably going to be back in the game in the next couple of years at USC. But Urban Meyer has a winning record, a really phenomenal record everywhere he's been, but also controversy follows everywhere he's been. That's taking a like, shot across. The it is. It is. But it's also it's true. nothing that we don't know. Right. It's that like we don't Google holds. Yeah, or Jackie Sherrill. Yeah. You know, except Urban Meyer had, you know, yeah. 
So, um, I have to pause for a minute. Station identification. Yeah, you guys carry on. All right, Greg, what do you got? I think I got a. Uh, Are you negotiating with a terrorist? I think I think we're gonna uh, take a time out and uh, put a little fella to bed. And okay. when we come back, uh, we're gonna talk more about Minnesota because they're crazy. Not here's the thing: we're not talking about PJ Fleck this time. We're just gonna talk about Minnesota and uh, our our friends at the Minnesota SB Nation site. And of course, we're gonna, oh. yeah, and we're going to preview Colorado. It's all coming up. When we come Old back, Mel Tuck. Old Mel Tucker. That's coming up next on the Five Heart Podcast. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast, SB Nation Podcast Network. Greg Mahachko here, along with Hoss Reuter and John Dam Johnston, and fisticuffs about to fly in the break here, and we're going to get right into this uh, hotbed issue that we are on opposite sides on. Actually. It's it's a two on one affair. It's a handicap match, if you will. Uh, our friends, quote unquote, at the Daily Gopher wanted to. I, I think the phrase the kids are using today is "throw some shade," and uh, did so mm. on Twitter. If you are familiar with uh, memes, I'm not. I don't know names of memes, but this is a SpongeBob SquarePants meme, and it's SpongeBob looking. More stupid than usual. I don't know how that idiotic character's been around for 20 years. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's old man Greg talking. Um, I love SpongeBob. I rest my case. And, and folks, you will agree with me when we get into this. But uh, they, uh, over on the Daily Gopher, posted a, uh, uh, just published an article that says Big Ten Media Preseason Poll Confirms the Nebraska Sickness is Everywhere. And they used that sometimes capitalized lettering that's part of that SpongeBob idiotic meme. It says like uh Nebraska's gonna win the Big Ten big yeah, Big Ten West or whatever. And however they phrased it, I ain't got time for any of that stupid shit. Um but they are are apparently very here I'm gonna use another young person's word, butt hurt, uh by the fact that the Huskers, who started 0-6 last year before finishing, you know, the, the latter half of the season 4-2, and including putting up a 50-burger on uh, their beloved Golden Gophers, are are the preseason favorite to win the Big Ten West, represent the West Division in Indianapolis uh, in early December at the Big Ten Championship game. To that end, um, now again, the media members in the poll had Nebraska uh, with 14 first place votes and 198 points, Iowa with uh, 194 and a half points, uh, Wisconsin third, Northwestern fourth, Purdue, Minnesota, and Illinois rounding out the uh, yeah bedtime didn't work uh, well. Uh, rounding out the the Big Ten West, uh, and again, this is from Cleveland. Com. So take that with a grain of salt as well. No, 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 no. Cleveland.com, what happened was nine years ago, the Big Ten decided to get rid of its official polling. So the Cleveland Plain Dealer took over that poll. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's the only thing probably keeping that newspaper alive. So, And it's it's from... Uh, Don't uh, beat up on them for that. Now, hold on, because it's from Cleveland, so it's only a matter of time until it fails miserably, too. Wow. 
I'm sorry. I, there went all our listeners in Cleveland. That's okay. Oh. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Minnesota, not not to pour on. We're, we're going to get to Colorado, folks. Don't worry. We promised you that last week. Uh, but Minnesota, we, we've got to uh, hit them with it first with their uh, ore-grabbing circle jerk ways. And uh, uh, what what is this undue saltiness? And, and Hoss, I'm going to throw it to you first because you are a voice of reason. Uh, you are the you are the lighthouse in this tempest of preseason summer doldrum. Talk me through it. Why do they hate us so? What? Well, probably has a little bit to do with. 53 points and 600 and some odd yards back on October 20th. And they probably feel like, oh, hey, Nebraska went four and eight two years in a row. Oh, hey, we hung 54 on them in 2017. We beat Purdue and Wisconsin and Georgia Tech in a bowl game. Why is Nebraska getting all this hype? Well, Minnesota also got half a hundred hung up on them by Illinois, you know, it's, They're salty towards us because ba- basically off of the fact that we are 0-6 at one point last year, finished 4-8 and eight two years in a row, and they're coming off of a nice end to last year. But the reality of it is, even though we've gone 4-8 and eight the past few years, we've never lost blue blood status. You know, we're still in that... Uh, we're still in that rarefied country club air of college football. They're Minnesota. They're a hockey school with a Amway salesman of a head coach. Is it, is it, it, it seems to me like it's a classic scenario of they hate us cause they ain't us. Well, I mean, they, there's probably like some ingrained hatred too, stemming from the scoring explosion, scoring 84 points on them back in 1983. But you know, they're not really showing that Minnesota nice, you know, that I always hear about, even though I've never set foot in the state of Minnesota. I've got to go. We've got to bring in our resident Minnesota expert, John Dam Johnston, who's an expert because he's a resident. You've got to talk me through this because you made John. How many row the boat shirts do you own? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we you laugh. I but do have one. I okay. I bought one. I did. I oh, admit it. I can't believe this. Uh, I, I bought a row of I bought a row the boat shirt because later on if you're going to burn something you have to have it first. Anyway, uh, here's the Dig thing: the mo- it it's uh, to me I I think it's neat to see Minnesota fans like uh, I don't know kind of having some bravado about their football program. Why not? I mean, listen, last year Nebraska went zero and six. Okay. We went 0 and 6 and our final record was 4 and 8. It was 4 and 8 for 2 years in a row. Suddenly we're like, "Where? We're all like, yeah, we're the best ever." Where does that come from? You know, I realized that Scott Frost because there's real say, tangible hope no, by the end of last year. Okay, well there was real tangible growth for Minnesota too after the Yeah, there was, game. but they still got half a hundred hung up on them. Yeah, after Why? and then after that they fired their defensive coordinator, and after that they had the same season we did. 
Yeah, and Scott Frost is still going to coach circles around P.J. Fleck on October 12th. You only say that because you hate P.J. Fleck <laughs> and his attitude, and he says, I. I want you well, to be. You know what? This, it's, listen, it's just a, mister. It's just a matter of time until that program, that life program, comes unraveling like the bricks at the bottom of the pyramid scheme of what he's selling. That's a good line. That's a very good line. Let me tell you this, okay? Let's compare these <laughs> programs. Let's compare these teams going into 2019, okay? Okay, which you want to go position which by team position? has two experienced quarterbacks? Minnesota. Well, which team no, has two which team has two 1000-yard rushers? Minnesota. Okay? Which team has one of the best returning receivers in the Big 10? Minnesota, Tyler Johnson. But yeah. who has the best quarterback in the Big Ten? Oh, he, our season is entirely dependent on that young man staying healthy. Who has three right? good offensive linemen returning for this season? Who has one of the best receivers in the Big Ten in J.D. Spielman? Who has a – well, I was going to reference Maurice Washington, but let's let that play out. I, who actually has bodies up front on the defensive line? It's not Minnesota. Well, Minnesota does have that one 400-pound kid. I don't know what. Yeah, he's a gimmick. (laughs) Okay, which team got their defense together at the end of the year? You can kind of go both ways on that. Well, okay, so here's the thing. that. If Here, you're, what if people you're be overlook honest. about Minnesota beating Purdue 41-10 to 10 is that was in the midst. One, that game was played in a snowstorm. Number two, that game was in the midst of all the talk about Jeff Brom going back to Louisville. And when they beat Wisconsin in late November, 37-14, to 14, I think it was, that was a wounded Wisconsin team that was sucking wind just trying to get through the year. The first time they beat them in 14 years. Which is impressive as hell because we haven't yeah. beat them since. And they beat the shit out no, of them. But I also think that we would have been in a very different ball game with Wisconsin if we would have played them that same time. You know, we we closed the gap pretty good against Wisconsin this year. We lost forty one twenty four. We still gave up like two thirty eight to Jonathan Taylor, but we closed the gap from what it was the year before we closed the gap from what it was, you know, God knows in like 2012, 2014, you know, those kind of games. Did Melvin Gordon, if we just score played Wisconsin in November, I think we win that game. I don't disagree with that, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You, you it, it's saying all this stuff. I don't think you can, you can't take Minnesota out of the conversation for the big 10 West. No, you can't. And I've been saying since, their bowl game last year that the Big Ten West will come down to Nebraska at Minnesota on October 12th. You just hate P.J. Fleck. Yeah, I just hate P.J. Fleck. He's he's hateable. I, you know what? I didn't, I, have being an the issue, guy, I didn't have an issue with Minnesota when they had Jerry Kill and Tracy Clays. I hated losing to them, but I didn't have an issue with them. Okay, but well, that I, Tracy Clays was a non-person. I literally like <laughs> what he literally. It was like they hired the Michelin man. Yeah, they did. Just, yeah, it's what we, and I'm not, not making it, a joke about his weight. He just like had seemed like he had no personality whatsoever. No, he didn't. He was not. You know what's not happening here in Minnesota, just so you know? What? It's not 173,000 degrees? 
No, it's it's there aren't billboards all over with PJ Fleck on them. There are he, aren't. There are not. When he first arrived, there were billboards all over the place, and okay. you were like, "Oh my god, what the hell?" So, do you think so they're all right. also sick you're of right? Him? He he does do this thing. It's it's kind of about me. But on the other hand, if you were going to coach Minnesota, you would kind of need to build the cult of personality for people to come to you and build your own cult and then recruit and then make it about them. I mean, literally Minnesota. I mean, come on. When we're in Nebraska, it's, it's about us. I say we. You know what? I get attacked sometimes for saying we on the website. You know why I say we? Because it's because we're all in this together. Yeah. Because I'm an alum. It's my fucking university. It's I'm my place. It's 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 my university. It's my university. It's my place where I grew up. It's my place where I underst- where I became a human being, where I understood where I became who I was gonna be in later life. Really all the education I got helped me in later life to become who I am, and I think I've been at least reasonably successful, but it's my, it's a place that I hold dear, dear old Nebraska U. I'm going to say we because to me it's we. By the that's way, my pas- that's my passion to play for dear old Nebraska U. Uh, the- really? From a guy who owns a row the boat shirt. <laughs> this was brought to my attention a couple of days ago via Twitter. Uh, at Husker LC uh, tweeted, uh, or I should say retweeted uh, an official image from uh, at Gopher Football, which is, of course, Minnesota football. It's their 2019 poster alert. And PJ Fleck bigger than the rest of the everyone right. on the poster. Right. Of course. Oh, yeah. God, yes. Of yeah. course, PJ is larger than all his players on the poster is what uh, Ash said. Um, it's, you know, I, I think there's. Uh, some significant amount of uh, uh, ego at play, and I, I'm honestly just really glad that he is there and not in Nebraska. I'm glad he's here and not in Nebraska too, because we would have to kill him. Yeah, I don't think seriously he wouldn't we would have to. Going for an eight. No, we, we he was he would never fit at Nebraska. He wouldn't. He's just a different guy. I mean, he, he, he fits at Nebraska. He fits at Minnesota. Successful at Nebraska. A coach has to have the personality of kind of really Scott Frost is the best example of it. That understated, quiet swagger. Yeah, do you think that's yeah. true about Scott Frost? Oh no, he's probably got an ego the size of Texas. He just doesn't show it. But, you yeah, know, he exactly. just doesn't show yeah, that no. ego in, you know, a public setting. God, I hope he if he doesn't have an ego the size of Texas, he's not going to survive us. Well, Tom Osborne, you know, for as, you know, Nebraskan to the core as he is and, you know, was as a coach and understated and borderline milk toast, that guy probably had an ego just about bigger than anyone else's but how he conducted himself you know right it, it shined through gotta have an ego in this business oh my god you have to have an ego to be anything 
People, yeah. th- like, people think that that's a bad thing. Oh, my God, a guy has an ego. You know what? Nah, if you're you going to rise. Ego and self-respect. Yeah, if you're going to have any hope of, by the way, we do counseling on the podcast. If you're going to have a guy <laughs> who's, who is going to be an upper-level management person, he has to have an ego to survive all of you beating the shit out of him. You know what I mean? Tom Osborne lived of, through of many much years. Is given, of people. Much is expected. Yeah, exactly. You better have an ego that can. It's like a force field that bounces off shit. So That's somebody throws would, shit at you, it. your ego bounces it right off. It's just like yeah. I always man. hate what people have said to me about you know various things. Oh, you're letting your ego get in the way of that. It's like no, like you know, it, it can go too far in the other direction. But yeah. Having an ego, having a healthy ego, like that'll that'll take you pretty far in life. Look what it did for Charlie Sheen. <laughs> that's the that's a great example there, Greg. That's the first name that came to mind. Oh um, my so god! We need to talk about Mel Tucker, the hippies. <laughs> yeah, and the hippies in Boulder that John probably knows quite well. I'm, I'm I don't know. Um, I love What's next, John? Are you going to tell us that you have a 1990 national champion shirt for the Colorado Buffaloes? I, like I said, if you don't own it, you can't burn it, you shithead. You know, no, they, I don't, don't have, have anything to, from Colorado. To, to that point, and and you know what you what the joke that was made about the row the boat shirt is. Look, after they. You saw this a lot, you know, when uh, LeBron went left the first time from Cleveland to uh, Miami. You know, there, you know, people were burning his jerseys and, and you know garbage cans in their backyard or fire pits or whatever. Look, he doesn't care. He already got his royalties check from when that shirt was like. Nobody cares that you're burning. You're you're, you're basically just burning your own money. That's why it's I like fireworks. I I personally would never have. A row the boat shirt, but that's because I'm a true Nebraska fan. <laughs> I'm like John. <laughs> okay, uh, weren't we going to talk about Colorado? You, <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Uh, week two of uh, the Nebraska Cornhusker 2019 football season has uh, the the game two of the home and home series with the Colorado Buffaloes. We all know what happened last year. It was Nebraska's first game of the season, thanks to Mother Nature stepping in and canceling our uh, appointment with Akron. And uh, so we had to go in cold against Colorado and and uh, played very well until, you know, late in the game when we didn't play so well. Of course, uh, Adrian Martinez goes down with an injury. We talked about that. Uh, Haas, talk to me. And, of course, we encourage everybody to go to coronation.com. Back in uh, the end of June, uh, Husker Mike did an, another fantastic preview of this game, so check that out. If I remember, I will try to link it, make it easy for you. You've probably already read it because you're a diehard, read-everything-you-can Husker fan. But, Haas, the defense showed up really well in that game, as far early on, especially as far as getting sacks, uh, getting into the offensive backfield, making plays. Looking back to last year, what was so successful for uh, for the Blackshirt defense? Really, Colorado's offensive line wasn't very good, um, and 
we kind of had a game plan designed to stop the run first and foremost. Our issues were in the secondary trying to cover LaVisca Chenault and all the miscommunications that happened on coverage assignments in the secondary. I'm, you know what? I, I'll take that. I, I, just knowing that Colorado messed it up makes me even more confident coming into this year with a new coach, new you know, way of doing things, Ole Mel Tucker, you know, really first-time head coach. Um, I, I'm so- I think he'll have a pretty good game plan, put defensive game plan put together for us. Um, they'll probably try to stop the run first and foremost, you know, and we'll probably have to air it out a little bit to start the game. But I think over the course of that game, as it goes on, I don't think they're going to be able to stop, bottle up the offense. I just don't think they have the horses on defense. John, you're a uh, closet Colorado fan, of course, going all the way back. Uh, oh yeah, I'd love to Eric be enemy. What, what? Tell me about that that first time that you uh, ran the uh, the Buffalo across the field back in the 1930s. Well, it was large, and then we shot it and ate it. <laughs> Make a nice buffalo skin rope. <laughs> the hell? Yeah, spring this on me out of nowhere. You're a Buffalo fan. Listen, Mr. Poopy Butt running this podcast. <laughs> can, you nobody, be, can you be more specific? Can, there are two of us over here, and only one's pooped his pants today. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Greg Guy. Thank you. Uh I've never been a fan of black and gold teams. Okay. Yeah, never. between Iowa and Colorado, it's pretty much black and gold. And Missouri. And Vanderbilt and for that matter. Steelers. Hey, the only the only black and gold that I represent or, or support is, is uh, plays in the Steel City. <sighs> black and gold. I, I'm sorry, you threw me off completely. Calling me a Colorado fan. Now. Sorry. Uh, Talk, talk to me a little bit, you know, on I, I don't even know where we were at because that's really all I had was just a, a joke about you being a Colorado fan. Oh, my <laughs> God. Did you wear your Sal is dead, go big red T-shirt on September No, that's 7th, rude. Right? That is really rude. That was – That is you know what? wrong. It is. That's when wrong that happened say. years ago, that was rude then and it's rude now. But here's the thing. I hope that um, – I think all of Nebraska looks at that play from last year where Adrian Martinez got hurt. And we all looked at it when that is just not football. That's not most of Nebraska is well educated about what good football is. And that was horrifying. It was horrifying to watch him in pain and it was cheap. And I think all of us share the same thoughts when we say this. I want us to beat Colorado so bad that literally blood comes out their eyeballs. Okay? 69-3. I want their fans in the stand to have blood. They can't throw shit at our players or our fans because blood is pouring out of their eyeballs. And all of the nation out there on TV will go, what's happening in Boulder? There is blood coming out the eyeballs of Colorado fans. How is this happening? Because I want to create our team, smash them that badly, and create that much pain that blood comes right out of their eyeballs. 
I mean, that that's that's fine. <laughs> so, like, are, are you saying that because I'm going to Boulder? That sounds very apocalyptic. Sounds like something that would be in the Book of Revelations. And because I'm going to Boulder, and I'm rather pale-skinned, and I'll probably be driving a white SUV, that I'm the pale rider sitting upon a pale horse? Ooh, I like, I, like Yes. Okay. It's fine with me. All right. And we'll be I mean, you know what? If, if all of Colorado wants to identify themselves as Colorado Buffaloes that day, then may they just all just bleed out their eyeballs. I wonder because like I, I'm an angry person or something. So obviously, you know, I, I've seen all, all of Nebraska's opinions on that play and on that moment from last year's game. And you, you look at the other side in Colorado, it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, there's a clean play. But I, I wonder on, on more on the national scene, like what was the national perspective? And, and I ask because I never actually did no the, one really uh, touched on it. Exactly, right? I mean, did, they're like, well, that's a, sounds like a regional matter. We're just going to, uh, we're just going to be Switzerland out here. Oh, come on. That's because, let's be honest, both of our teams are irrelevant. I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves, okay? We're in Nebraska. We love us. Colorado's completely irrelevant on a national stage. Nebraska's gone four and eight for two years in a row on a national stage. On a national stage, look at what happened at Big Ten Media Days, okay? There were a gob of people that wanted to be around Scott Frost and talk about Scott Frost. And I think, Maybe that's ego, but I think that the national stage wants Nebraska to be back to decent, not like four and eight, because they love Nebraska in a way that they loved. Here's the thing about Nebraska. I'm rambling. Let me collect my thoughts for. Okay, there they are. Here's the thing. Nebraska (laughs) was wonderful for them in the 1990s because of one thing. Number one, we won a lot, and then we were heroes and glory story to us. But for the national people, they love to beat the shit out of us because we're in the middle of nowhere. So the first time we won a national title, they, they were like, oh, my God, Tom Osborne, he's a great guy. He's, oh, my God, he's, a, he's the greatest champion ever. And then after he kept winning, they were like, oh, my God, Tom Osborne's a horrible person, and he should never have done this. Right, so again, that goes back to how media works. Well, yeah, because and you know, in all facets, not just sports, but you know, they they love to build them up just so they can tear them down. Yes, exactly. That is how media works, and if people don't understand that, then they're they don't. I, that's what we're telling. Like I said, we provide counseling here at Coronation, but uh, you know, I mean, when you look at Nebraska, Colorado last year in the cheap shot. It wasn't relevant on a national stage. It was relevant to the Midwest. It was relevant to Nebraska. It was relevant to Colorado. But nobody else cared why because now, because they, we suck. Now a debt is going to be collected. Yeah. Now, as we go into this season, people will be watching Nebraska. And they'll be watching Nebraska because it's a story. And the reason why it's a story is because they'll be looking at, the, you know, when, when they asked this question at Big Ten Media Days, it was, 
oh, can we compare Nebraska to UCF in their second season where they went from shit to gold? And Scott Frost said, no, there's no comparison. But the national media would be looking at this and going, is there a story here? Of course they will. Right. So if we let me say this, I read Bill. I read Bill Connolly's uh, preview for Nebraska, and he said, you know, the year two jump is a real thing. It's probably not going to be up to the point what UCF had in year two, but a year two jump to eight wins, a division title, and being a, you know, fun team to watch is what's probably going to happen. All right. I agree with that. And I will take that. Anything more than eight wins is gravy, in my opinion. And I just want to say for anybody who – you know, is not necessarily Haas has been on the eight win boat gravy train. Eight, eight win train. I'm not going to use boat, but eight eight win train since December. <laughs> Honestly, he's he's been like eight and four. Anything beyond that is is uh, is gravy. I mean, he's he's been he's been beating that drum for so long that that drum has a name, and that name is Iowa. Oh, that that right there is the magical eight win, eighth win. No, that'll be that'll be number nine or ten. Oh my God, it's ten and two. What the hell? <laughs> hey, we're going ten and two. World, in a perfect world, it'd be the magical number twelve. Ooh, it would be perfect. We're not there yet. Uh, to to quote uh, uh, Julius Campbell from. Uh, 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 Remember the Titans? I ain't perfect. I ain't going to never be. But this team is perfect because they were undefeated. So, you know. Let me tell you. Me, uh, to end this podcast, I want to provide this little note. I was at the Nebraska-Iowa game in 2015 when Iowa was 11-0 and we were 5-6. and It was 9-degree wind chill outside. It was miserably cold, wind whipping out of the north. That was the angriest, most hostile Memorial Stadium crowd I've ever seen. It, I mean, it was that place was ready to explode if something good happened. You know, I can't imagine what one that stadium's going to be like this year on Black Friday, coming off of losing four in a row to Iowa. I mean, it's going to be an angry, hostile crowd. But I couldn't even imagine what it's going to be like if we were eleven and zero and Iowa came rolling into Lincoln. Oh, I mean, it'd be I rabid. Think, yeah, I think it'd probably be on the order of like the '92 Nebraska Colorado game that the olds like John remember. Now, come on, he's, he's not what? that old. What? What? I don't even think that Nebraska yeah. played Colorado in 1892. Yeah, I mean, Colorado was just a state for 16 years at that point. You know what? I'm a, wow, the fact that you know that I was is gonna say, seriously that's, wrong. That's impressive. I'm a history. I'm a history education major. Okay. Like, okay. I take, I take one of my exams tomorrow to as a part of getting my teaching license. Okay, so what? I want to have some fun. Oh, I was going to have fun with them I, well, by asking him what the exam. Now, here, here oh, we go. They'll pro- it'll probably be a full gamut of things, you know. Full psychiatric exam. Hopefully, they don't want to, you know, check for early colon cancer. All right. So you were right when you said, you know, 16 years prior, you know, Colorado was a state, and that didn't, in fact, happen in 1876. What was the next state admitted into the union? And uh, 
And, and what what year? I'm sorry. Should I sing during the pause? Yes. Uh, the strain. Don't they little the, gamblers? The western. The, the western. It's a state in the western United States. Idaho. Montana. You know what? Here's here's the thing. You're both wrong. Uh, the Colorado was the 38th state. North and South Dakota were actually admitted on the same day of the same year, November 2nd, 1889. Accidental trick question. I didn't mean to. Montana happened six days later on November 8th, and then uh, Washington, November 11th, and Idaho not until July 3rd of 1890. So. Damn. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm sure our listeners are thrilled with this shit. Well, if it's it makes you feel... Like, yeah, I was going to say, if, if, you make, if it makes you feel any better, I, I looked all of that up. Okay. And furthermore, those are Are we all, done with football? Yeah, but all We're those done. happened before oh. Oklahoma. Oklahoma wasn't even a state until 1907. Oh, New Mexico and Arizona were 1912. Yep. And then Alaska and Hawaii. It, it's weird to think. I And, and this is... This is not a knock on on John. John, don't take this personally. Um, but it's oh it's, yeah. No, no, no. I'm serious. But it's just weird to think that two states or they weren't even states when you were born. 1959. When was Oklahoma? Oklahoma was 1907. Okay, and what two states weren't states when I was born? Alaska and Hawaii, Alaska and Hawaii in 1959. Well, those are outliers. I was thinking about Oklahoma, you bastard. No, 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 no. I wasn't being that mean this time. <laughs> okay, so, are we done with football talk? I think so. We didn't do a whole lot of Colorado because we've kind of talked about them and old Mel Tucker for a couple of weeks now. Um, the last thing that I have, unless you guys have anything else, we talked a little bit last week about refreshing summertime desserts or, you know, whatever. I just had to go. We were in the grocery store this past weekend, and my wife uh, gives my boy the option. She's like, buddy, do you want to make cake or brownies? And he picked brownies. And he picked a, a brownie type that is not one that I've ever had. Cause, so I, I, I was going to ask, do you guys have a favorite type of brownie? And it's odd that we're talking about this on Colorado Week. For the sake of argument, we're not including <laughs> pot brownies. Uh, but do you guys have like a, a, a favorite type or style of brownie? Because I have one that I grew up with that like if I suggest it my, or, or bring it up, my wife's like, that's that's weird. That's a Mahachko family thing. I'm not doing that. Do you guys I like, have, like the ones with the chocolate chunks in them. All right. I, I'm not opposed to those. Uh, John? I, I, I would like a chocolate brownie that's really kind of – it's not firm, but it's it's a little bit firm but mushy, and then you can smear it all over your body and have somebody lick it off. <laughs> I think you'd actually like the the brownies that were picked because they're the frosted brownies with the little and then and then you know oh if God, somebody know. stuck an edible in it, whatever. So the brownies that I grew up with, this went weird, really unexpectedly, uh, were you know just like a. a Nine by thirteen cake pan, you know, a sheet of brownies. But what my mom would do is like take powdered sugar and just put a little powdered sugar on. Is that is that just exclusive to my family, or did that happen? No, else? it's that that that's the thing. Okay, 
I just didn't know. My wife looked at me like I was crazy. So Really? Yeah. Okay, well, after you smear it on, then you... Careful. <laughs> okay, whatever. Right. Let's, uh, we should move on now. Do we have anything else? I think that's it. I mean, we've been going for over an hour. I think we're done. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My son's hurt. Yeah, you need to take care of your son. No, he, he had a chip clip that he put on his finger because he's a moron. Okay, well, we have to ask the question, did he poop in the potty chair? He did tonight. And it was uh, it's the first time I've ever been home for it. Uh, he, he earned himself a, a new poop toy. He was thrilled. He kept saying, he's what? like, hmm. what is the poop toy? Oh, he, he likes the show on Nick Jr. called Blaze and the Monster Machines. And so uh, we, he at the rate he's going, he's eventually going to have all of the little little uh, monster truck uh, vehicles. But uh, he got himself a new one. To- Holy cow, I don't even know what that is. Thanks, buddy. He's very excited to share this with me. Um, so he, he earned a new little monster truck tonight. Oh, good for him. So, and uh, it was. You know what it, I like about. You know why I ask these questions, Greg? Because you want to see if he's evolving as a human. No. Oh, okay. It's because my children all live with me, and they're twenty six, twenty three, and twenty years old. And uh, I remember the days when I was a father, and my children looked up to me as a Superman type person. Now they just look up to me as, and they go. Do you have money? Well, I I picked my car. I listen. I just want to say that, and like I said, coronation. We provide counseling for all of you listening. I want you to understand, as young parents, when you go to the store and you look at the diapers and you go, "Oh my God, these diapers are expensive." This morning, I went and got my daughter's car, and I paid nine hundred dollars to get the car back from the mechanic. And here's the thing with the car. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it was That's a preemptive scream. He he needs okay. to, he needs to hear the 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 end of your story before he screams in horror. Right. But she went to back out of the driveway and her car is so old and rusty because I bought it for her as a, you know, I'm not going to buy her a nice car. That's an incentive to get yourself a new car. But here's the thing. She went to back out of the driveway, and the left control arm off her Ford Focus broke in half and ripped out the axle in the CV joint, if you know what that is. Okay, 900 bucks later. I, I used to sell cars. Of course a, I don't know what that's that means. A lot of, that's a lot of diapers. So if you're dealing with young children like Greg is, trust me, it gets way more expensive as life goes on, and then they move back into into your house. <laughs> and then you end up an alcoholic and uh, they're looking for rehab. And that's really expensive, too. All okay. Right. That's all I got. Well, let's get out of here. That's good. Before I cry. <laughs> Please don't cry. That's why I'm sitting in my bathroom. <laughs> All right. Hey, son, be quiet. Be quiet for one minute. Let, let's finish this, and then and then we'll go back and watch cartoons. You know, at nine thirty at night. Good thing. He, good thing he, neither he or I have to get up early in the morning. Uh, so that is it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. We appreciate uh, you tuning in, and remember, you can subscribe 
on uh, I, I didn't get this information to the guys ahead of time so i'm gonna have to do it all this week and then next week uh we'll have their own portions to say but subscribe to this podcast on uh pretty much any of your favorite podcast apps like apple podcasts or stitcher or google play uh podbean spotify uh you can also uh, as i mentioned follow us on twitter at the number five heart podcast of course at coronation is on twitter and uh five heart podcast on facebook and uh, coronation on facebook as well coronation.com jitterymonkey.com sbnation.com for myself greg mahochko for uh john dam johnston and hoss reuter we remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need john I wanted to yell "row the boat" because I'm a contrary bastard, but I am still go big red. Okay. Okay. Win the damn off season. All right, buddy. You want to say goodbye? Goodbye. You want to say, <laughs> say see you later? That is beautiful. That is. Can you say go big red? Future podcast host, right there. He, he just snuck in a go big red. Proud, proud moment. Proud moment. All right, that's it. Goodbye. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.